Hello and welcome to Beckett Talks, the new podcast from Leeds Beckett University. In these podcasts, we'll be showcasing our diverse community of students and academics, touching on the important themes that surround universities today. And it's time for Beckett Talks Research. I'm Dee Grismond, and each week I will be showcasing the interesting and innovative research community here at Leeds Beckett as part of this podcast series. And joining me today in the studio is Sue Backhouse, who is Professor of Sports Psychology and Behavioural Nutrition in the Carnegie School of Sport. Sue Backhouse leads the Sporting Integrity Research Team at Leeds Beckett University, who strive to bring about change in anti-doping and are addressing the complexities of doping in sport and looking at how to bring about change in the anti-doping system. Welcome to the studio, Sue Backhouse. And can I start by asking you to tell me a little bit about how you first got into this particular field of research? I've always been a huge fan of sport. I've been taking part in sport from a really young age, whether that is just running around a cricket pitch or taking part in organised sport. It's, it's part of who I am. It's part of my identity. And I think to some degree that's been, I've been very fortunate to have incredibly supportive parents who've taken me to events and supported me to go to training sessions. Physical education teachers have been really instrumental, I think, in my career. I could name them. They're so supportive. And I think I was always destined for a career in sport because of that love and passion. So I did a degree in physical education and sports science at Loughborough University and stayed on there to conduct my PhD. Um, I was quite odd at the time in that I had a PhD that spanned both nutrition and psychology. So I, I was kind of in between disciplines and departments and that wasn't very common at the time. Fast forward to now, um, I joined Leeds Beckett University in 2003 and I actually joined as a one year temporary lecturer. So I came, I didn't expect to stay very long and now 17 years later, I'm stood before you here today and, and I've never left. And I'm really passionate about what we're trying to do here at the university. I'm really passionate about the people that we work with and, and kind of supporting them to be the best that they can be. And, and that's really the start of my career. And what about your personal passion for the subject? Where does that come from? I think my passion comes from the belief in the power of sport. I see what it, it can achieve in terms of our health and well-being. I see what it can achieve in terms of the, the good it can do for communities and rehabilitation, etc. So I believe very much in its value. And with, with kind of a career in sport, there is so many different avenues we can go into and, and so many valuable contributions that we can make as a field. Um, so very much instrumental in, in my enjoyment of sport. I've loved sport, but now in seeing how it can be so valuable to so many others. So tell me, how would you explain the value of your work to the average person on the street? So my work and the team that I work with, we are very much about trying to protect the integrity of sport and the welfare of athletes. So I want sport to be about people not having to, to participate in high performance sport through the use of drugs, for example. Uh, and therefore the research that we do here at Leeds Beckett University is to try and prevent that from happening. So try and prevent a young athlete to feel that the only way they can succeed in sport is through the use of various substances and methods that can be very harmful to their health in the long term. So really that's what I'm trying to do, protect the integrity of sport and protect the welfare of athletes. And do you think doping in sport is more prevalent now than it's ever been? 
I think on the subject of prevalence of dopamine sport, we don't truly understand just how prevalent it is right now. We don't have any great statistics we can share to say there's this many people using prohibited substances and methods. But more people are talking about it. We've got more media interest in it and probably more recently some really big high profile cases of the use of drugs in sport, but on a systemic level. So I think because of that, because more people are talking about it, there is a perception that it's more prevalent. But doping in sport has been going on for decades. And actually, that's one of the things that we're interested in. It has been going on for so long, yet we've still not really addressed that issue potentially as well as we can do. And I think that's what's driven the team at Leeds Beckett to try and get under the complexity of doping in sport, to not just see it as it's an individual athlete making individual choices that are bad, you know, the bad apple scenario and the bad apple narrative, and to understand that they are situated in what is a really complex sporting environment that can be enabling doping, fostering doping, encouraging doping, and to try and move away from blaming the athlete to understanding the vulnerabilities that may be experiencing and that could lead them to using those substances and methods that are essentially against the rules of sport. So do you think that you're trying to help young athletes navigate away from being associated with doping in sport? Yeah, I think our team are really trying to, to help young athletes get a sense that you don't have to use these drugs in order to succeed in sport. And we've got a lot of examples where our elite level athletes are saying, I've not, I've not engaged in those practices. I've been incredibly successful. You don't have to do that. Because we do have a perception at times that the only way people feel they can succeed is through those substances and methods. Nobody wants to see a world where the only way people think they can achieve their, their best performance is through those methods. So the young people are really important because if they feel the only way to succeed is through that means, we don't know some of the long-term health effects of some of the drugs that they may be using. They may have read about it on the internet, they may have got easy access to these drugs and, and that's a concern for us at the moment. The accessibility is so easy. What we therefore want to try and do with young people is, is help them from the outset. How do you have a good diet? How do you make sure it's a food first approach? How do you get everything else right before you even consider some of these really harmful drugs? So food first, sleep, one of the most important things a young person can do, but doesn't always kind of realize the value of that. And really some good strength and conditioning programs, get everything else around an athlete right first and realize that you can still achieve great endeavors without the use of prohibited substances and methods. Recently, there have been lots of high profile stories of top athletes being involved in doping. Do you think this has a positive impact on young athletes entering the sport? I think it, what can occur when, when a person comes out as, as being found to have used uh, drugs, they can go two ways. It can confirm to some people, the only way I can succeed is through these, these means. To others, to see the stigmatization that occurs when a person is found to have used these drugs, it can uh, essentially give them concern around if that's me, shame, guilt, potential remorse that can come from that. Because actually, you know, I remember really vividly in my mind of, of listening to a parent whose young son was found to have used anabolic steroids. And they said very clearly, it feels like my son's on a murder trial. You know, that's how we treat people who have 
failed against the rules of sport in terms of doping you know that's how seriously it's taken and this is a young person's life that can then you know there's a long history that stays and a legacy that stays from from a drug cheat narrative and I think we're really keen to try and prevent that happening for future generations and therefore creating opportunities where that's not even an option it's not even a thought process it's not even a mindset that's our passion and commitment really. And can you say in one sentence, what is the important issue you want your research to address? We really want our research to address the question of how do we prevent doping in sport? And how can we go about preventing doping in sport? So the way that we are thinking about doping in sport now is is recognising that this is far more complex than maybe how we've talked about it in the past. So because we've talked about doping in very much warfare metaphors, we've got to fight doping, we've got to catch the cheats. We've created really stigmatising language about a behaviour. So we're trying to raise awareness of athlete vulnerability, what can put an athlete at risk of doping, whether that's injury, whether that's contracts, the precarious nature of sport and the employment um, scenarios that can occur. We're trying to raise awareness of the people around athletes, the athlete support personnel. And we've, we've led really important research really showing that they're quite scared of this big complicated world of anti-doping they don't want to get it wrong so to some extent they want to stay away from it as a an issue if i don't know about it i can't get this wrong but they can also be influential in in encouraging athletes to to take a certain path or a route so we're really i guess our real focus and priority is to try and work with athlete support personnel work with the next generation of athlete support personnel to give them the right education the right support to know what their roles and responsibilities are so that actually in the future we're creating sporting environments where it's not just winning regardless but it's about athlete welfare first and foremost so perform well perform well in terms of our performances and successes but with health and well-being absolutely a fundamental priority i think that's a really interesting point sue because when an athlete is caught doping in sport the emphasis is always on the individual there's never any emphasis about the environment they're in and how that environment encouraged them or made them end up doping the environment they're in is what we've kind of termed the dopogenic environment. So we've tried to call to take action on the dopogenic environment rather than take action against individuals. We'll only prevent doping in sport when we start to take action on those broader environmental and social conditions that hold doping in place, that allow it to happen. Um, some of the work we've done has been about how do we encourage people to come forward with information about doping in sport, to report it when they know it's happening. Because through our research, we've found that that's you know people know when things are wrong, people know when people are not doing the right thing, but actually they're really scared to know how do I do something about it. So we've worked hard to raise awareness with the World Anti-Doping Agency, uh, with UK Anti-Doping about getting the right mechanisms in place to encourage people to come forward. Because if we start to shine a light on the shadows, we start to be able to change those shadows and those environments that hold in this doping scenario in place. The Carnegie School of Sport at Leeds Beckett University is one of the largest providers of sport in UK higher education. Recently investing 45 million in a new home for sport, the new building provides world-class sporting facilities and also acts as a hub for elite athletes, sports and industry partners. With courses in sport, exercise and health sciences, physical education, sports management and sports coaching, the school takes an interdisciplinary approach to teaching and research, 
enabling the students to graduate with the skills needed to succeed in an evolving sport and physical activity industry. So if any of these subjects interest you, go to leedsbeckett.ac.uk forward slash CSOS for more information. And now we're back in the studio with Professor Sue Backhouse talking about her research around anti-doping. You may have already touched on this a little bit, but what are the big issues in your field that you are trying to address? I think some of the big issues in the field of anti-doping are touched upon in that sense of reporting doping. People are often silenced. So it's a hidden behaviour, it's a socially stigmatised behaviour, therefore people don't talk about it. Often because if it's a sport, they don't want to have the risk to their reputation. So sometimes they'd much rather hide it and deal with it themselves and come out and say, we've got a problem and we want to address it collectively. So I think a problem is the hidden nature of the behaviour and the concerns around trying to cover that up. Because we hide it, we then don't get underneath the skin of, well, why is it brought about in the first place? We don't hear the stories of those people who may have made a decision to dope or been encouraged to dope or forced to dope because, again, it gets hidden. I think in recent years that's starting to change. We are encouraging much better education around come forward. We're giving more expectation that it's important to be report. But in research that we did for the World Anti-Doping Agency, although it's a very strong push to get people to report, many people don't know how to report, they don't know who to report to, they're quite scared of the consequences to themselves and others if they do come forward. And also, in many ways, they're not actively encouraged to do that. So they may be told there's a hotline, but there's not a collective sport message around, we want you to come forward with information. We know that could be really difficult, but we're going to listen and we're then going to do something about it. So we're trying to encourage sports to think about their messaging and the prompts that they're giving and then how they're leading by example as well. Because really to prevent doping in sport, it's got to come from the highest level. We have to have this political will to do something about it if we are going to truly prevent it. And do you think that some people feel that their careers may be at risk if they come forward about doping in sport? Yeah, I think people are scared of the consequences to themselves if they become known as a traitor, you know, a snitch. If you think about it from being a young age, we're often told, don't be a tittle-tattle, don't be a telltale. So it's ingrained in us. And, and then you take sport as a cultural context of teamwork and loyalty to our teammates. Actually, reporting on your teammate could go completely against the ethos of your sport and, and being part of a team. So really we have got a condition of sport where it's about working together yet at the same time we're saying if you know about your coach and they're encouraging that or another member of athlete support personnel you've got to come forward that's very difficult to do so we've got quite a bit of work to do really to just prevent it from happening in the first place so that we haven't got people who need to come forward and report it because it's just not even an issue to need to report. And what direction do you see your research going in the future and why? So I think we see the focus and the value of working collaboratively in our research. And I say that in that 
the field of anti-doping and the social science research evidence base that we've been supporting the development of has been quite fragmented for quite a long time. Lots of different research groups working on different research projects, but for the field to really address that question of how do we prevent doping in sport, we need those universities to work together collaboratively to work with the anti-doping organisations and more critically, the athletes themselves who are at the centre of all of these policies and practices, but we don't always listen to their voice. We don't include them in the decision-making or in the research as co-producers of that research. And I think in the future, that's what will change. More collaborative, more collective, um, and more co-produced. And tell me a little bit about the impact your research has had to date. I think the impact that research that we've been undertaking at Leeds Beckett University has had to date has been very much on education policies and practices, not only of the World Anti-Doping Agency, but also of other anti-doping agencies throughout the world. And I think that impact has come about because we've raised awareness of athlete vulnerability and to move away from that, catch the cheats and then we'll fix the problem. We've raised awareness of that complexity of the behaviour and the influence of, of significant others, coaches, parents, etc. And I think we've also then raised awareness of these reporting mechanisms and that it's not quite as straightforward as just tell a person to report. And because of that, our work's not only influenced um, the World Anti-Doping Agency's actions, but we've influenced the United Nations through their report with the International Olympic Committee to very much acknowledge if you're going to have reporting mechanisms, you need to support the people who are going to come forward and not just leave that to chance. And do you think the way that doping in sport is tested gives us enough clarity on the issue? So I think if you think about doping in sport for a very long time, the resources have very much gone to testing. If we test athletes, test them more frequently, we will prevent doping in sport. The reality very much is that the testers can't always keep ahead of the pharmaceutical industry and there may be more novel um, substances that are undetected by, by some of the tests. I think what we're really trying to emphasise is the value of putting more resource in education and prevention uh, rather than that kind of detection deterrence approach. And I think if we start to do that, if we start to change the conditions of sport, if we start to change the sporting cultures, that's where resource needs to be, not downstream at the symptoms. So we're kind of trying to get people to move upstream and to think about what are the conditions, the dopogenic environments in place that are bringing about that behaviour. Because unfortunately, the testing can only go so far. And really, it's collective action across every single sporting member of the community taking action for protecting integrity and welfare that will start to see the difference made. That was a great answer there, Sue. Thanks so much. And what would be the one thing you would like to change in your field? I think the one thing I'd like to change is I would like I would like a greater degree of openness and a greater degree of vulnerability, not only from um, academics and researchers about what we don't know, but I think critically from sporting leaders to acknowledge that we do have some problems and some challenges that we've got to understand and unpick if we are to do what we're trying to do, which is that piece around protecting sporting integrity and protecting athlete welfare. Unless we come forward with a bit more openness about the things that are not working and an openness then to addressing those together, we'll continue to just kind of be very superficial in, in the opportunities and actions we take. So really it's that coordinated way of working that I think we really need to drive forward more forcefully um, in the future. And I guess that lack of transparency and that people are still trying to hide the doping in sport is one of the biggest issues in your field. 
I think there's a question in the system around legitimacy. I think it's a highly politicised agenda at times. And I think when that comes, there isn't as much openness and transparency and vulnerability because people often don't want to admit to mistakes. But the most powerful we, well, the most powerful thing I think we can do in the future is admit where things are not working, is admit where we didn't do, possibly we didn't work in the best interests of say athletes or, or those that are affected by these policies and practices. And therefore, how are we gonna right that wrong in the future? I think if we start to talk in that way, showing vulnerability rather than the military metaphors of we're gonna fight it, we're gonna catch it, I think we'll get more people on board and I think the, that collective energy and enthusiasm for working together will be much more powerful. And thank you so much for being in the studio today, Sue Backhouse. That was a really interesting podcast on anti-doping and the sports industry in general. Thanks again. The Beckett Talk podcasts are released every Tuesday. So don't forget to check our social media channels on Instagram, Twitter or Facebook to find out more details on our next episode. Today, Leeds Beckett Research Community is delivering innovative, multidisciplinary research, helping to address some of the most pressing challenges we face today. Across a range of disciplines, our researchers are striving to improve quality of life, equality and the environment around us. We are dedicated to making a difference and our research pages showcase the real-world impact taking place at the university. You can find out more at leedsbeckett.ac.uk forward slash transform. And if you've enjoyed hearing about the research at Leeds Beckett University, subscribe to our channel and listen out for more of our Beckett Talks research podcasts.